Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted and privileged to welcome a very, very accomplished entrepreneur, a fellow IPOR from Washington, D.C., USA, Mr. Rabi Zanan. Rabi, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashutosh. I really appreciate being here. Thank you. Rabi is the president of Sorensen Gross. And as I mentioned, he's a member of the YPO, uh, an organization that I have belonged to for a long, long time. So, Ravi, let's start by asking you about your journey from technology to engineering to real estate development. Tell me about your journey across multiple businesses. It has been an interesting journey, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I'm a believer in the old philosophy of being a Renaissance man or person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never wanted to be locked into a certain career. Mm-hmm. I, In the university, I studied mechanical engineering. And then I realized as much as I enjoy mathematics, I wanted to be uh, more involved with people and understand mm-hmm. how people work. So I continued my education and and focused on um, communication mm-hmm. and ended up also getting a master's degree in negotiation and conflict res- resolution Um and it's been a wonderful journey, mm. uh, both on the educational level and professionally. I started my career in technology, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, in management consulting uh, with the technology field back with uh, KPMG Consulting. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I actually went to Oracle, and um, which was an amazing experience out in San Francisco during yeah. the, the tech boom of the 1990s. Mm-hmm. Then was very fortunate to be part of a team that started our first software company in the late 1990s, which wow. uh, did very well, and mm-hmm. we're very grateful. Which, uh, after they exited from that first entrepreneurial entrepreneurial venture, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. uh, that exit, uh, there was some capital there and and opportunities for a new adventure, mm-hmm. and I went into the real estate development industry okay. uh, back in 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, we started an engineering firm uh, that did civil engineering, um, and we noticed how the industry changed after September 11th, uh, where uh, money moved from infrastructure to to defense, mm-hmm. and that was the rise of the technology in the defense industry. Mm-hmm. So uh, I spent more of my time focused on the real estate development, and we were actually one of the first uh, high uh luxury and when i mean luxury i mean uh 3000 plus square foot mm-hmm. uh condominiums in center city philadelphia when right. that area was not developed at all and took the risk and grew that into a very successful business mm. over the years had some amazing investors who worked with us and uh and who became very close friends and became mentors. And one of the these amazing investors was uh, Mr. Gassan Saab who mm-hmm. is the uh, chairman of Sorensen Gross, and he came to me about five years ago to discuss a succession plan and and asked me if I would be interested in uh, joining Sorensen Gross. Wow. So it was interesting because I always had an experience uh, with contractors and construction, obviously through real estate, real estate development, but never on the contractor side, which is right. a very different part of the business. Mm-hmm. So uh, I enjoyed the idea of a challenge of a new challenge and i moved over to this industry uh which has a lot of challenges mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh 
Um, it's been an exciting period of learning about a new industry, um, understanding what are the strengths and weaknesses in the industry and how we can disrupt and innovate, as nice. I like to say, in the construction industry. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are today. Fantastic. So let's talk about Sorensen Gross now. Um, tell me about the scope of operations of your company. Absolutely. Uh, Sorensen Gross is actually a 97-year-old company. Oh, wow. Uh, almost a 100-year-old company. Uh, started in Flint, Michigan back in 1925. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has an amazing history. And one of the biggest and most important milestones in Sorensen Gross was in 1962, uh, Ghassan Saab came as an immigrant from Lebanon mm-hmm. and took over uh, as an intern to the company and then took over the company as general manager and eventually owner. Mm-hmm. And he's owned the company for 50 years. Uh, so he built the company into an amazing legacy, which became the premier builder in uh, southeastern Michigan. Mm-hmm. And then uh, grew also internationally and, of course, across the United States, in Atlanta, in North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, Florida. Uh, so we are both a domestic and international firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the last couple of years, uh, I had the opportunity to bring another one of my amazing investors, Mr. Christian Khmer, uh, who is uh, one of the largest general contractors in Qatar as a partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the business and him, myself and Mr. Saab are now uh, owners of the company. Mm. And we see the tremendous potential of taking this, this family owned business and turning it into a professionally run uh, international multinational organization. Mm. Uh, Currently we have offices in Qatar. We have offices in Philadelphia, Washington, DC and Flint. And uh, we've had tremendous growth over the last couple of years. Mm. And which sectors of real estate are you focused in? We are a commercial contractor and construction manager. That means we work on anything that is not single family home residential. Our Mm -hmm. sectors uh, and verticals uh, range from uh, infrastructure, such as water treatment plants, Mm -hmm. to um, uh, power facilities, uh, to warehousing and industrial and manufacturing, as well as hospitals, multifamily, Mm. uh, airports. It's a very large list. Anything that is uh, the the building environment as an infrastructure, this is what we do. Amazing. So anything that has has to be constructed, you will construct? Correct. The only difference is uh, civil, heavy civil construction, which roads and bridges, which is not within our uh, industry. Wonderful. You know, so when I was reading about you, Ravi, you speak about disrupting and innovating in the construction industry. Um, from whatever little I know, there's not much innovation and disruption happening. And therefore, I wanted to know from you, what are you doing that is different? And do give some examples. I'm happy to. So innovate or die has always been a motto in technology, uh, entrepreneurship, and anybody who's on the cutting edge. And you're absolutely right. The word innovation is absent (laughs) in the construction sector. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's reasons for that. The construction Mm -hmm. industry is one of the oldest and largest industries in the world, and it plays a key role in the development and economic growth of all industrialized nations. Mm -hmm. Yet, we have been using the same building techniques for over a century. Correct. there are reasons, like I said, for that 
the last innovations, major innovations we had during, was during the uh, Industrial Revolution, which mm. was brought about by the population growth and the expansion of business. Mm. Now we're in a new age, which includes environmental protection. Mm. Something that was never thought about before, as well as population growth. So things that people are not aware of that we in the construction industry are actually the largest global consumer of raw materials in the world. Okay. We use approximately 30% of the world's total carbon emissions. Mm -hmm. So in that context, innovate or die is real. Wow. Environment is a major part of what mm. we need to work on. Mm -hmm. So the built environment and the process in which we look at design and uh, building infrastructure is changing faster than ever. And if we don't innovate as an industry, we will die because there will be less and less competition mm. and certain players will dominate the market. Mm. So the biggest hurdle to innovation in, in construction is the stakeholder mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, construction companies don't want to venture on that um, road less traveled, as we say. Right. It's very risky uh, sector. Mm. You know, any any bad miscalculation, a bad project can actually ruin a company. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of aggressive timelines and budgets uh, allocated to each individual projects. And that's the problem is that each project is an individual project. It's not a process that you would find in manufacturing where you're building the same thing mm -hmm. with, and there's a lot of, there's low profitability in this business. So at the, at the end of the day to minimize risk, and that is the key of a successful mm -hmm. Contractor, they tend to go. Contractors tend to go towards those traditional construction tools and and time tested processes. Mm. Uh, the other thing, the major challenge for innovation is there's so many players involved in any given construction project. It's not one player. You have the owners, developers, architects, uh, engineers, uh, government, and everybody has their point of view on how the process should go and you are um constrained by that if for example uh we have uh, bim which is um building information management mm -hmm. uh, that if the architect or engineer does not provide a contractor with that it doesn't help mm -hmm. so we are definitely tied to a lot of the different players in this mm -hmm. industry um so what are the ways that we're using it? Number one, we've made investments in tomorrow's technology mm -hmm. and in our team members and training them so that they can lever the, leverage those new technologies right. and give sustainable solutions to our clients. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we strive to make a company culture which embraces this technological disruption. Mm -hmm. Digitization, document workflow, artificial intelligence are key differentiators in mm -hmm. the professional services mm -hmm. uh, that we're doing today. Now, there are technology that are physical and there are technology that are digital. Right. And that difference. So, for example, on the physical ones, drones have become, become a big part of construction. Okay. Uh, drones allow us to survey large projects cut down on field time mm. uh increases precision and reduces safety issues mm. uh, we can monitor sites report on project progress any mm. potential pro uh, problems that may have uh the second part which includes drones and it does not is uh virtual and augmented reality mm. we can visualize every step of a project okay. even before we have started building a project mm. this changes the industry mm. significantly 
significantly and helps to bring down costs because we can identify problems before they're built mm. uh, in the early in the design phase. And we can reduce and eliminate the rework process, which is a major waste in construction. Mm. Uh, so one of the technologies we use is a company um, that was actually started out of MIT called Open Space. Mm -hmm. And it's artificial intelligence with a 360 degree camera on, on the hard hat of our superintendents as they walk. Mm -hmm. It's tied uh, through artificial intelligence to the actual project plans mm -hmm. and gives a 360 degree view, which allows the contractor, the owner, to see the real-time conditions and even use it as an as-built and be able to look down, look back as things are built mm. and see what was behind the walls before that we closed the walls. Wow. What's amazing with the artificial intelligence of this mm. is that the system can actually measure progress for us. Mm -hmm. and measure progress for us automatically. Let us know how many sheets of drywall have been put up. Where is, how far are we with the progress of the ductwork? Mm. And where is the highest activity that's going on in a project and allows our project managers to shift as they need to, to keep the project on schedule. Mm. Very interesting. Another, sorry, go ahead. Please. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, please. Another very interesting use of technology as well is uh, 3D printers. Mm -hmm. uh, this is very new. Uh, which is already, as you know, is revolutionizing healthcare and automotive. Mm -hmm. But we're looking at sophisticated printers today. We're working with a great partner named Etch mm -hmm. uh, about uh, creating complex shapes and uh, parts that we does not require a full uh, replacement of an object mm -hmm. uh, and be able to put that in using 3D printers. That, again, will bring down costs because that is the biggest issue that we have uh, in this industry. And that's on the front end as far as equipment. Like I said, on the back end, and the key here is going to be information technology and, and workflow management. Right. One of the things that I'm very excited about is blockchain. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, as everyone knows about the supply chain issues that we've had globally, mm -hmm. uh, COVID, the exposure, I would say, it's not that COVID caused it, but it exposed the global supply chain issues that we can have. Mm. Blockchain would make a very big difference because by having a blockchain-based supply management, we can improve uh, compliance of products, authenticity, mm. and get greater quality. Um, and that's something in construction that would make a very big difference for mm -hmm. us. Uh, one of the reasons is uh, payment management is an issue in construction. Late yeah. payments, and cash flow related issues mm. are, are very common in construction projects. Mm. So we have a very chained payment settlement culture and mm. uh, it takes much longer to settle uh, uh, for settlement durations than it does in other industries. Right. So there's always a substantial amount of payment delays, which goes down the, the chain from owner to, to contractor to subcontractors. Mm. So if we can eliminate these partial payments and non-payments, mm -hmm. these results, uh, which all results, by the way, in additional delays and costs for delays, mm. uh, which makes the contract price to be inflated to cover the cost of financing. Mm -hmm. You can bring down the cost of construction this way. So I'm a very big fan, and we're looking into right now smart contract mm -hmm. enabled blockchain with automated payments to resolve these kinds of issues and bring in more trans, uh, transparency to our transactions. Mm. And it'd be wonderful to get to a point where, uh, where in the supply chain, products and materials can be ordered and tracked uh, from the moment that they're manufactured all the way to building assets, not mm -hmm. just during the construction process, but also be tracked 
20 years down the future and know exactly what part was in which part of the building. Amazing. So those are some of the technologies I'm very excited about. And, you know, thank you for this incredible response. I had no idea there is so much different varieties and types of technology that you have already started to roll out. Um, and you seem to have covered virtually everything. But moving on, uh, Ravi, now, um, you, when I was again reading about you, you say that you are an affordable and workforce housing advocate. Uh, yeah. Help me understand this phrase and how are you disrupting disrupting traditional business? So one of the biggest problems that is happening, and I believe worldwide, but definitely in the United States, is the cost of real estate has skyrocketed to the point where it's become unaffordable. Correct. Um, you see people are moving in in hundred years ago in the industrial revolution mm. the suburbs where the where the location of the wealthy and the inner cities were those uh stricken with poverty mm. today we're seeing a change here because it's about convenience and people are having to commute for hours to get mm. to their to the to their job correct and housing becomes continues to be an issue to the point where people cannot afford to to uh, this generation the millennial generation cannot afford to buy homes like their previous generation of baby boomers Correct. so in in the commercial multifamily um industry uh there has been a focus on rental luxury rental mm -hmm. properties for the last 20 years yeah it's a very profitable uh venture People need housing. People want to be comfortable with all today's technology. Yeah. However, this has really priced out the main working force, the middle class, what this country is built on. Mm. So unfortunately, we would love to depend on the developers and depend on the government to be able to push the agenda to take care and provide what I believe is a, is a human right, which mm -hmm. is for everybody um and it's turned more to the private industry mm. to work together to find a way to make this um uh in, an inclusive project that development is is inclusive mm. and i don't mean as in subsidized housing i mean as uh projects that when there's a retail project or an office project to include mm. the infrastructure around these projects or within these projects to uh house the workforce that's going to be driving mm. uh our nation for the next hundreds of years hopefully mm -hmm. so one of the ways we're doing that number one is through policy mm -hmm. very active with local governments on policy to make mm -hmm. sure that uh affordable housing uh is taken to place the second part is working with um organizations to keep the cost of construction down Mm. and trying to use uh, construction materials, supply chains, as I mentioned before, which have gone through the roof over the last couple of years. Mm. Construction costs have actually increased by 25% to 30% in some markets. Mm -hmm. And how to keep those costs down while providing the best uh, product uh, right. for the consumers. Right. Very interesting. Uh, the next point that I wanted to talk to you, and you partly uh, answered that the young people are... Uh, renting homes and not being able to buy them. But I'm also seeing this trend that a lot of young people who the millennials and the Gen Zs are very minimalistic. 
in their needs. Uh, do you see this trend of not buying homes getting bigger and bigger? And if yes, then what's going to happen to the industry? Yes, I agree that this this continues to grow. Mm. Um, there is a residential housing shortage mm. in the United States, and that will result in solid rent growth mm. over the next uh, period of time. Mm -hmm. uh, it will take a lot of investment to balance the uh, housing needs with the housing shortage. Mm. Right now, we don't have a balance in the market. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, the volume of commercial multifamily, because this is the way I look at it, I don't look at residential single family mm -hmm. housing, um, in 2021 was the greatest of any year in asset class history. Mm -hmm. $352 billion were invested wow. um, in, in, the, in multifamily housing. Mm -hmm. And the majority of that is rental. Mm -hmm. uh, not condominiums mm -hmm. uh, for many reasons of the cost. So I do think that this is a trend that's continuing. Um, it's not the trend that has been before. Most people have to remember that uh, the property sector may look the same as it was before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. However, it's not. Uh, a lot of markets uh, and subsectors have changed forever. Mm -hmm. uh, some buildings and other asset classes are obsolete mm. and now you have to think of how to repurpose so one of the things that had happened was doing micro units to make it affordable for people over time mm -hmm. but with the change in the pandemic people realize they need more space mm. and if they can't get a space in their own unit they will need the amenity space in a building mm. Mm. and that's one of the moves that we're that we're going to uh one of the things i would uh push investors, if any investors listening, is to look mm -hmm. at land development as an mm -hmm. investment opportunity. Right. Uh, because our city have developed residential mm -hmm. lots in, in the United States and to, to address this housing supply shortage. Because until that changes, uh, people will continue to move towards the rental market, mm -hmm. which is great for investors, but it does not build wealth for next generations. And that's something to keep in mind. That's and the other things that we need to work on and we continue to work on, as I said, with work, work workforce and affordable housing is to yeah. appeal to local governments to ease land zoning regulation and ordinances so mm -hmm. that it becomes easier to build. And it's one of those big issues that we've had over the last 20 years. Fascinating. Rabbi, I have time for one more question. And this is uh, for the very large number of people who will listen to our conversation. Based on your incredible experience in the real estate business, and you've articulated some amazing points on technology and real estate and opportunities for potential investors, what would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away from your journey and from our conversation? It's a great question. Um, number one is how I started this conversation, innovate or die. Mm hmm don't innovate and you accept the status quo, you will not grow. Mm -hmm. And without growth, there will not be any success in business. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, which was a strong, uh, important lesson for me as I, I took over the leadership of a family company to transform it into, into a professionally run organization mm -hmm. is change is difficult for people. Mm -hmm. So uh, be it through technology, through process, I would say attending to the needs, uh, concerns, and emotions of people is key to the success of change. Mm. Um, and finally, uh, 
and I, I, I am very, this is very important to me because of my own background. I believe you increase the odds of success in innovation mm -hmm. by hiring open personalities and building diverse teams. Uh, for example, I came from outside the construction industry. So I saw things very differently at a strategic yeah. level than been in the industry for 30 years, mm. which caused friction in the beginning. But as po people saw and looked outside the box, they understood what they can do and what they're capable mm. of and the dreams that they could build. Mm. How interesting. Uh, Ravi, on that note and your three amazing lessons, innovate or die, change is difficult, handle your people well. And the third one is hire open and diverse teams. Thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for talking to me about your amazing journey from technology to engineering to real estate. Thank you for talking to me about Sorensen Gross and the work you are doing. I also got a, an amazing uh, understanding uh, about how technology is being used in your organization to be able to further the development and to further your own needs of real estate. Finally, thank you for uh, sharing with me a lot of uh, your own thoughts on uh on, 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 on real estate, on the, the, the millennials, on the young people, and your, your fantastic lessons. Thank you again for speaking to me and good luck to you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.